as Arva was saying just a while ago, last time in March when we were with you um, and speaking, I shared something from the book of Hebrews, chapter one, <coughs> talking about the fact that the word of God says that in times past, God spoke to our forefathers in many and various ways through the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us again through his son. And it goes on to say that Jesus is the express image of the Father and begins to describe Jesus. So the book of Hebrews starts with this amazing statement as introducing Jesus. And as I asked the question, then, who's at the end of your rope? And I made a statement. I want to repeat it again. And thank you, uh, Arvo, for mentioning the video or the tape that's available. And I would suggest maybe you want to listen to that as well as what I'm saying this morning, if you haven't listened to it before, because the two messages connect together. Because the question I asked was, who is at the end of your rope? And the reason for that is faith is not our anchor. Faith is the connection point, is the rope that connects to the anchor. Christ is the anchor. And uh, in our worship this morning, we just talked about, we just sang about, you know, that Jesus is the rock upon which you stand. He's the solid rock. And, you know, I, I love the understanding that we are not just people of faith. Because there's many discussions these days about people of faith. No, we are people of faith in Jesus. And never forget that the postscript, that last, those last few words are more important than the first few. We're not people of faith, full stop. We are people of faith in Jesus. And then it goes on to say in Hebrews 11, this, the scripture which we talked about, that, that, you know, that there's great heroes of faith, those who were testimony to the goodness of God from the Old Testament when God spoke in many and various ways and then those testimonies all pointed forward to Jesus and then of course it goes on to say now faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen Jesus Christ has come hallelujah and if you would agree with that and you believe that then what I'm about to say to you this morning is not only important, but I believe is foundational in a world in which we live where everything that we face is changing, challenging, making a disruption to our lives. And well, the world isn't the same as we knew it. And we've all lived long enough. And some of us have lived longer than we would actually I'd like to admit to, but we've lived a long time to have seen our world change dramatically. And things that once were considered normal are no longer normal. Things that once considered to be average are no longer to be, you know, everybody's understanding. Things have changed and our world has changed. But Jesus never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that's the reason why today I want to talk to us about the fact that we are citizens of an unshakable kingdom. We are citizens of an unshakable kingdom. And uh, if you have your Bibles with you, and I'm going to just pop across the book of Hebrews again, which is, as you already know from what I said the last time, is where we began our uh, sharing the last occasion. Uh, Hebrews chapter 12, if my memory serves correct, correctly. Hebrews chapter 12. Moved in my Bibles when I can't find my book of Hebrews. Can you believe it? I should have put my finger in it. Hebrews chapter 12, and it talks about the fact that we are members of an unshakable kingdom. Let me read it to you. Hebrews chapter 12 says the following. It says, see to it that we, you do not refuse him who speaks. If they did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth, 
how much less will we if we turn if we turn away from him who warns us from heaven at that time his voice shook the earth and now he has promised once more i will shake not only the earth but also the heavens the words once more indicate the removing of what can be shaken that is created things so that that what cannot be shaken will remain listen yes the verse therefore since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken somebody say hallelujah i can't hear you but say it anyway since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken let us be thankful and so worship god acceptably with reverence and awe for our god is a consuming fire i'm going to ask you to pray with me for a minute that god will speak to us now by the way um, i have a pet peeve a pet hate these days because we love to throw the word awesome around as if it's confetti let me tell you something that is truly worthy of the title awesome coming into the presence of god in prayer god is awesome we stand in awe of him and we also have privilege in doing that to pray for the things in our world and i just felt it on my heart this morning before i share because one of the things that's shaking our world right now is this continued thing called covid we seem to be coming towards the end of what was our very difficult season through different means but india right now is going through a horrendous time we have friends we have people that are there that we know of entire families that are uh, caught up in covid and so so while we pray and thank god for the fact that we stand on unshakable territory in jesus christ we pray as well for those who right now feel their world is being shaken so let's pray let's ask god's blessing on the word but also will you agree with me as we just join our hearts to pray maybe you pray for people who are hindus sikhs muslims christians i don't really care what they are jesus loves them he died for them and so father we bring your word before you today because from the vantage point of the unshakable promises of your word that which will never change that which will never be altered by circumstance by virus by disease by war by pestilence by uh, economic failure we thank you that the god who we uh, we worship is indeed a consuming fire he is awesome he is someone in whose presence we stand in awe of you and we pray today as we share your word that something of the reverence of who you are will so impact our lives that we will be transformed in the presence of the king of whom we are the citizens of his kingdom we also pray for those today in our world who are living through some of the most unbelievably shaking times we pray for those in the west indies who are facing volcanoes whose lives have been decimated and whose entire world has been turned upside down will you be with them we pray for those in this nation who have lost loved ones and who continue to suffer the ravages of sickness and in particular today we pray for europe going through the shaking of its sense of identity and faith and we bring to you as well with our hearts very tender towards india and the rest of the world in brazil and other countries who are so affected by this thing called covid and we pray that 
the church of Jesus Christ that you are building, Jesus, will stand strong as representatives of your unshakable kingdom and that we will speak in these days from the position of knowing you in a way that will transform our world, we pray. Now, Father, we remove from each other by circumstance this morning, but immediately we pray we are in your presence. And we stand before you as a united body of believers saying, hear our prayer and hear the cry of our hearts. And as we intercede for those who need your touch, we pray that you hear us in Jesus' name. And we thank you for it. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I spoke to my sister. Well, I didn't speak to her. I had a message from my sister this morning talking about a changing world. And they were due to fly back from sunny South Africa this morning, only to be told by the Dutch airlines that because they are American citizens these days, have American passports, they moved them many years ago, and they're not Europeans, they are now also they're stranded in, in South Africa because you can't even travel anymore. You can, you can only travel, you have the right passport. And you know, if you're following the, the cricket in, in, in India, you'll know that the Australians that are there can't go back. They've been told they'll go to prison if they go back. So we live in a very changing world, don't we? We live in a very challenging world. So what is the message of the church in a world that is so challenging and changing? Uh, as you know, many of you have heard, Bridget often speaks and daily speaks to people through the online ministry that we're involved with, and we write to people, and we hear from people, and we uh, people constantly are saying, where is God in our world where everything's going wrong, and how can you say God loves us when things are going so wrong? So I'd like to answer a few questions today for the few minutes that we have together and link it back to the previous message to say, who's at the end of your rope? Because these things are connected. They're not just topics to preach on. They're the revelation of the truth of God that we might build our lives upon. Amen? So I'm not just a topical preacher. I say God, all of scriptures, God breathed that we might build our lives upon it. So from the Old Testament, I'd like to read a scripture to you or refer you to a scripture. I'm not read it. I'm just going to refer it to you because it's not Christmas, but it may as well be because actually Isaiah declares the beginning of something which is stupendous in isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6 he begins these words he says for unto us a child is born unto us a son is given and the government shall be upon his shoulders and he shall be called what wonderful counselor almighty god the prince of peace the everlasting father and of the increase of his government and of peace there shall be no end now i'm just quoting by memory. So if I've missed a word or two, forgive me, but I think that's pretty close to it. And he talks about, he says, and he shall, listen, and he shall sit on David's throne forever. Now, I want you to understand something that is just super important that we need to understand. Jesus didn't just come to show us a perfect life or to live a perfect life. I'm going to say something that's going to shock some of you as well, because you might think, well, that sounds almost like you're dismissing it, and I'm not. But Jesus didn't even come just for the sake of us to have a very amazing image of God's love on the cross. Of course he came to do that. But Jesus came to recapture territory, that the enemy had stolen 
by bringing about a fall in God's creation through sin. And Jesus came to establish on earth a kingdom that would be part of his eternal kingdom that would never again belong under the dominion of Satan. We are no longer people of the victim of sin. Jesus coming to earth was to sit upon a throne and reign forever and ever and ever. And I want to tell you something. I'm not just a follower of Jesus because amongst religious leaders and icons, his story is the most compelling. I'm a follower of Jesus because the eternal kingdom that God established will never cease. And those who put their faith in Jesus Christ are part of a kingdom that will never pass away. We are eternal in our lives, in our in, uh, habitation of our citizenship of the kingdom of heaven, all because Jesus came. That's why the angels, when they sang, began to declare something of a momentous occasion. And they began to shout from the heavens, Hosanna in the highest. And on earth, peace, goodwill to all men. The king has come. That's why wise men, when they came to Herod's uh, uh, palace, said, where is he who's born king? Where is the king? We see a king's come. There's a kingdom that's arrived. And suddenly the kingship of Jesus and the kingdom that we have been born into became possible through the advent that we call Christmas because Jesus came to bring heaven's kingdom to earth's realm because the king was born among us. Come on. And I'm excited about that. So when Jesus begins to speak in Matthew's gospel, and I want you to read with me because, sorry, I've got a few scriptures because we often just talk about the kingdom of heaven as if it's, it's like I say, it's almost like a, a suffix or a prefix to a sentence. And, you know, we just add it on. But in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 17, uh, Hebrews, Matthew chapter 4 and verse 17, I beg your pardon. It says the following words. It says this, listen, from that time, this is Jesus speaking, Jesus began to preach. So it's Jesus speaking. Okay, this is one of the red bits in the Bible. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. Jesus coming and Jesus' message right at the beginning of his earthly ministry was not just, I'm going to show you how much God loves you, but he said, I'm here to declare an everlasting kingdom. Something's about to change. And you're going to see it. And you're going to live in it. And you're going to take it to the nations. And the world's going to be different from this point in time forever because the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ are being established amongst humankind. God sent his son into the world to transform our broken world to become part of his everlasting kingdom yet again. The sin of the past and the failure of the past had met its end at the coming of Jesus if you believe that, can you say amen or turn to your, your neighbor, your husband, your wife, whoever you think close and saying, I'm not sure what he's been, been drinking for coffee this morning, but he sounds excited because I tell you something, this is exciting stuff. Okay. Matthew chapter four, we read. Okay. Let's read another scripture. Okay. Matthew chapter 
28, verse 19. You can quote this by heart if you know. Matthew 28, 19. Jesus is risen from the dead. He appears to his disciples. And actually, in appearing to his disciples, he gives what we commonly call the Great Commission. And in the Great Commission, he says this to his disciples. I've got it there right now. He says this. He says, then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, verse 16, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus said to them, all authority, say all authority with me, all authority, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely, surely, surely means surely, okay? I am with you to the end of the age. Go and make disciples because actually the kingdom which was near has come. Invite people into the kingdom. Invite people to become participatory to the kingdom, to live under a new king. You might think you're living under Roman rule, Matthew, but I'm telling you there's a new kingdom in town. You can tell people about a new king. The king is alive. Long live the king. Amen. And then Matthew chapter 24, you'll know the scripture well, because it talks about what Jesus came to do in Matthew chapter 24 and verse 4 to 14. Let me just read it to you, okay? Because it says this, Jesus, 4 to 14, it says, Jesus added, watch out that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, claiming I am the Christ. Listen again, I want to say, we're not just people of the rope. We're not just people of faith. We are people whose faith is attached to Jesus. I want to say that again. I want to say that until it becomes so pertinent in your spirit that we never just use that phrase without saying, I am a believer in Jesus. I'm not just a believer. I have found a resting place. My faith is connected to Christ. Claiming I am the Christ and many and will deceive many. You will hear of wars rumors of war but see to it that you are not alarmed such things must happen but the end is still to come nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom there will be famines earthquakes in various places all these things are the beginning of birth pains then you'll be handed over to be persecuted and put to death and you'll be hated by all nations because of me guys i want to tell you something and i mean this most sincerely i'm not looking for it but those who declare christ jesus in a singular way as the only way to god are in for a season when the world will not receive us as we've done in the past we're entering a different season i believe it i'm not looking for it I'm not a doom preacher, but it's part of the thing that has to happen for the kingdom that God has established upon the earth to break free and break hold across the world that Jesus will return. At that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many because of the increase of wickedness. The love of many will grow cold. Does that sound like you see, you see happening all around you? Why are so many so-called preachers and people who once declared Jesus as Savior saying, I've lost my sense of faith in Jesus. I've lost a sense of who I am. I don't know that I believe that anymore. But he who stands firm to the end will be saved. And as the verse, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached to the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end 
will come. Jesus started his ministry by saying, repent, because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He ended his earthly ministry by saying to a church that had been blood washed or believes that have been blood washed and were being commissioned, say, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Because the kingdom of the message of the kingdom needs to be taken to the nations. The king is in town. The king has arrived. And I want to just say a few things about this thing we talked about in the next 10, 15 minutes before we share in communion. The first thing I want to say is that first and foremost, there's only one door to the kingdom. There's only one door to the kingdom. Jesus said this. He said, I am the door. And you only come through me. There's only one door to the kingdom. People talk about multi-faith and very many things and saying, oh, well, you know, we need to be accommodating. And of course, we need to be kind. And, and yeah, I agree with that. We need to be loving. We need to be kind. We need to be generous in every which way we can. But we also need to be clear. Any other access point so-called to the kingdom of heaven other than Jesus Christ is a pathway to disaster. Jesus said, I'm the door. Whoever comes in through me will find rest, will find peace, will find security. But actually, any other way will not lead you to eternal life. Ladies and gentlemen, not all roads lead to God. Not all faiths lead to God. Not all religions lead to God. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. The gospel is not an alternative. It's an ultimatum. It speaks singularly of a single way, a single door. And Jesus says, I am that door. I want to just nail that right down the line this morning, because actually the truth of the matter is increasingly people are saying, well, you know, you know, we we have lots of common ground. Let me tell you, if the common ground you're standing on is not where Jesus is standing, you're in quicksand. OK, the common ground you're standing on is not where Jesus is standing. You're in quicksand. You're going to find you're standing on your own. If God isn't there, we're in trouble. So Jesus, I'm the door. Now, when he spoke to Nicodemus, he told us how we can access through this door. He begins to speak to Nicodemus and Nicodemus, unless you're born again, you'll never see the kingdom. Unless you're born again, unless you're born of the spirit, unless you experience that God loves you, that Jesus died upon the cross to demonstrate that love, that he was buried, that he rose from the dead, that he ascended to the Father when he uh, came back from the grave, and that he's coming back again as the king who rules. And if you know him in a personal way, you cannot even see the kingdom. And I'm not saying that just to be difficult. I'm saying that because I want to be telling you the truth. Jesus says, unless you're born again, you'll never see the kingdom. There are a lot of people who attend church, but they don't see the kingdom. There are a lot of people who are actually religious, but they've never seen the kingdom. Why? Because they actually have never met the king. When you meet the king, he transforms your life. Nicodemus said to Jesus, how must I be born again? I'm an old man. Do I have to go back to my mother's womb? Do I have to become a baby again? And he says, no, Nicodemus, what's born of the flesh is flesh. But what's born of the spirit is spirit. Don't be surprised when I say to you, you need to be born again. I want to ask you a question this morning, my dear friend. I don't know 
all of you. I know some of you, and I know that you love the Lord. And I, I, I you know, but perchance I'm speaking to somebody right now, and, and somehow you've slipped into the culture of church without knowing the Christ who died for you. Jesus Christ didn't only die upon a cross to give you a new culture called religion. He died upon a cross to give you an experience of being transformed and experiencing new birth by the entry of the Holy Spirit, making Jesus real in your life in a very tangible way. And I want to ask you, do you know Jesus in a personal way? Because if you don't, it's not a criticism and it's not trying to draw parallels between anyone else, but Jesus invites everybody to come through him to find rest in him, to know him personally. And you can know him this morning in a very real way. Is that okay? Because that's the truth. He said that in Nicodemus and he said that to others. He said it to me. He said it to many in this room that we're listening in, in this, on the Zoom meeting. And he's saying it to you. If you want to find the kingdom, if you want to see the kingdom that will never be shaken. You've got to come through the door that stands open to receive you. And his name is Jesus. Now, by the way, the church isn't the door. The church is not the door. No church can save you. No religion can save you. And I'll tell you why. No church died for you. No church gave its life for you. No church conquered death for you. No religion did that for you. Jesus did that. So you can't just say, well, I'm religious. That makes me a part of the kingdom. No, I know Jesus. I've met the king. He's transformed my life. And by the way, just as an aside, we don't have to build the church. Jesus will do that. We have to preach his kingdom. We've got to say to our world, there's a king who rules and who is sovereign over all. Let Jesus build his church and let us build his kingdom through sharing the gospel. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 16, he says to Peter and to the disciples, I will build my church. Guys, I'll do that. So he took responsibility for building his church in Matthew 16, and he gave the responsibility to the church to preach the kingdom. So let Jesus build his church and let us build the kingdom by sharing the kingdom. Amen. Let's understand our role here. Because the kingdom of God is now among us through the personhood of Jesus Christ and by the presence of his Holy Spirit. Uh, church is not about a brand. Church is not about a brand. There's a lot of brand-led churches these days. Church is about a bride. And the bride of Christ is that church. And he is the head of that church not about a brand in paul's day that the same problem that we have today some said well i'm of paul i said well i'm of apollos i'm of this group i'm that group i've choose i voted with my feet man i wish people would stop voting with their feet and start being led by the spirit am i saying right this morning am i okay am i making sense because actually this is the kingdom that we are building not our club. When people said, oh, we couldn't get together and the church is in trouble. I've got news for you. The church has never been in trouble. It's never been in better shape. Because the kingdom of God advances. And when the kingdom advances, the church grows. And made conform to the image of his son, our Lord Jesus Christ. 
Jesus is the door. Jesus is the door. But the second thing is I want to talk about us for a minute, okay? And I wish I was sitting in the same room as you, but we will do that sometime soon, I'm sure. But I want to say to you, guess what? None of us are victims of a, an earthly culture anymore when we're in Christ Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this, if any person is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old things have passed away. Behold, everything has become brand new. What he's really saying there, or what one of the things he's saying is we become citizens of a different kingdom. We're no longer citizens of a kingdom that gives us the reason to say, oh, well, of course, in my culture, that's not acceptable. In my culture, we do it that way, whatever. Actually, what is heaven's culture is more important than what is our culture. The kingdom of heaven supersedes any earthly culture any earthly practice, any earthly activity. And I'll prove it to you from scripture if you want me to. You see, Jesus actually sees Peter in the garden of Gethsemane, and you know what happens when Peter sees the, uh, um, the, the, the temple guard and the Romans coming to arrest him. Peter sees them coming, he grabs his sword and begins to attack them. And Jesus says to him, Peter, what are you doing? That's not how we're going to win this fight. We're not going to fight them with swords and whatever. There's a battle that has to be won, but it's not going to be won the way that your culture wants to win this, Peter. You have to be transformed into something that actually means that you understand how the kingdom will grow. And the kingdom will not grow by invading through the sword of the flesh, that the kingdom will grow by the declaration and the sword of the spirit being placed in your hands. And you will go in my name, to places that you've never gone in your own name and do things in my name you could never do in your own name. And the sword of Peter in Gethsemane gets replaced by the sword of the Spirit in Peter's hands on the day of Pentecost. And that which Peter couldn't do in his own strength happens through Peter's testimony to the kingdom when he says, this Jesus whom you've crucified, God has raised to life, and we are witnesses. And we are citizens of that kingdom. And guess what, ladies and gentlemen? You can be part of his kingdom too. The promise is to you. And to all who are far off, you can become a kingdom citizen occupant right now. When Jesus was before Pilate, Pilate says to him, so do you think you're a king? And Jesus answered him. And what did he say to him? He said to him, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom was of this world, then would my servants fight? So he said to him, so you are a king. He said, you've said so. You've said it. He said, I've come as a king to bear witness to the truth. And probably the greatest question ever uttered by human lips was uttered by him then. He said, what is the truth? What is the truth? You see, the truth is, get this, the truth is, you're either part of God's kingdom or you're still under the kingship of the destroyer. There's only two kingdoms in this world. There's only two kingdoms in this world. There's not multi multiple kingdoms. There's not the kingdom of America and the kingdom of Europe and the kingdom of Africa and the kingdom of Asia. There's only two kingdoms. There's a kingdom of heaven under the rulership of his dear son and the kingdom of self, of destruction. The Bible refers to it as being darkness and light. 
I've got a bunch of scriptures. You can read them for yourselves. But I mean, go and read Ephesians chapter 2, 19 to 20. Describes us as no longer being foreigners or aliens, but we are citizens of the kingdom. Okay. Read Colossians chapter 1, verse 9 through to 14 describes us as being citizens of the kingdom. I don't have time to read it through this morning. And I want to say to you this morning, when I became a follower of Jesus Christ, we are no longer of this world. We are of his kingdom. I don't become an occupant of his kingdom when I die. I become a citizen of his kingdom upon the earth. The kingdom is among us i'm looking at kingdom citizens this morning on the zoom meeting hallelujah if i was to look at your spiritual passport and says citizenship it would say kingdom of heaven and there is no travel ban for holders of that passport Come on. I find it really interesting and I find it quite touching when I think about it. When the disciples asked Jesus to teach him to pray. Have you thought about the words he taught him to pray in this context? See, we often pray and we say, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your kingdom be amongst us. Anne Arvel, the leadership of Rock Church, there's no greater prayer we can pray when we pray. Say, God, your kingdom be amongst us. Your kingdom be demonstrated in the way we speak to each other. We live amongst each other. We share with each other. We care for each other. We demonstrate that we are citizens of the heavenly economy, not of the earthly inadequacy. Your kingdom come. Your kingship come, your rulership come, not just in heaven, but on earth, as it is already in heaven. You see, the kingdom of heaven didn't start when Jesus came to earth. Earth was robbed from the kingdom by sin. Jesus came to win back what was robbed by the death of his cross. They tell me if you're in the military, and I was never in the military in South Africa, I was able to, through my studies, actually go and follow a different path. But they tell me before a, an army invades another country, they send their most skilled, their crackest troops to set up a bridgehead, to set up a landing to get the, the, the rest of the troops coming. Let me tell you something. When God wanted to rescue earth, he didn't send an angel. He didn't send Gabriel or Michael, say, come on, you guys, we need somebody to go and establish something so we can eventually rescue earth. For God so loved the world. Come on. God's most effective tool in the armament of heaven to span eternal destiny from the fallenness of mankind to the eternal kingdom that he wanted to establish was to send his son 
For God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son to the world that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have today, right now, eternal life. You see, thy kingdom come was not just nice words to say, oh, yeah, that's a nice way to pray. Let's, let, you know, God is sitting in heaven saying, let's write a prayer to give the disciples that they can feel really spiritual. But our Father in heaven, that's a nice opening phrase. You know, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Oh, that's a nice phrase. No, that's a nice touch as well. No, my friend, this, is, this was not a prayer for the sake of the gallery. This was a prayer for the sake of eternity. Thy kingdom come. Thy kingdom come. Finally, I want to say to you is, first is with the... Jesus is the door to the kingdom. Secondly, we are citizens of the kingdom. Thirdly, as citizens, we have become ambassadors for the kingdom. You're no longer on earth to wait to get to heaven to escape. You are an assignment on the earth for heaven's throne. I love the thought that whatever you're doing today, whether you're retired or whether you work, in secular industry of one sort or another, or whether you're teaching, working in the bank, working in industry, wherever we go, God has ambassadors for the kingdom in those places. We bring the kingdom and the kingdom values into every area of life. I represent the king wherever we go. You represent the king wherever we go. We are his ambassadors. Paul writes in another place, and he says this. He says, God makes his appeal through us. God makes the overture of his governance into people's lives through us. In other words, we go and say to the world, listen, I, I know that there seems to be enmity between the kingdom of heaven and earth right now, because, listen, there's the, there are things that we can't explain. And Bridget will tell you, we see it every single day. People write to us and say, well, you know, if God loves us, why is this happening? And so on. It sounds to me like the world system keeps calling the, the ambassadors of heaven to give account for the kingship that they can't actually speak to. They can't speak to the king, so they speak to us. Isn't that right? They interrogate us. Well, you tell your king when you're talking to him, you know, we're not happy with the way he's running things right now. Where is God in the midst of COVID? Where is God in the system? Where is the ambassadors? We carry the authority of heaven when we speak, but we also represent heaven through the things we say. Number of scriptures, and you can read it for yourself, but in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, it says this. It says that the God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers. So when they talk to us, they say, well, we don't see what your government's doing. Why are you doing it this way? Because their eyes are blind. Verse 5 says, but we do not preach ourselves. We're not there to talk about ourselves. Well, let me tell you, I think you should do this. Actually, nobody wants to know your opinion. They want to know what your king says. And the third thing is in verse 16, it says, therefore, do not lose heart. If you represent the king and you understand that the kingship of Jesus is eternal, whatever is happening around us, we may not be able to explain it to a blinded world, but I want to tell you something, it's not going to change heaven but we can change earth 
through what we share from heaven. Maybe this is worth saying that discipleship is not knowing how to do church better or learning how to do life together better in church. But discipleship is about learning to live and express the kingdom in a more tangible way till Jesus comes amongst the people we live with. You see, discipleship is, oh, well, I'm in a discipleship course. What do you mean by that? Well, you know, I'm learning how to become a better Christian. Why do you want to be a better Christian? Oh, well, I want an easier life. No, you don't. You're a disciple because you want to represent the king better. You want to live for Jesus in a more tangible way. And that means we declare that Jesus is Lord of all, that of who I am. We declare that Jesus is the reason why we're going to live holy because the word of God says those are the rules of the king and expression of his kingdom. Mm -hmm. Jesus is the power and gives us the power we need to do what we share. When Jesus sent out the disciples, he said, go and preach the, the message of the kingdom and heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons. Just go show them that the kingdom has power. That's what ambassadors do. Paul, the apostle, goes on, and I'm going to finish with this. He says, when I came to you, I didn't come with wise and persuasive words or by human wisdom, but I came to you in a demonstration of the king and his power. Because you see, the king and the kingdom are with us. We stand and share the message of an unshakable kingdom. Heaven and earth will pass away. But the kingdom of heaven is eternal. He will reign forever. For unto us is born a savior who is called Christ the Lord. And he will reign forever. Now, I don't know what you're going through this morning. and I don't know what you're facing. But I tell you this. Number one, you can know the king personally. If you don't already know him. His name is Jesus Christ. He's the son of the most high. He came to this earth to bring his kingdom that you might discover it, live in it, experience it. And you can know eternal life, not when you die, but before you die. I have a friend of mine right now who a few weeks ago, I spoke to him. He's a preacher of the gospel. He was fine. I spoke to him a few weeks later and they discovered he has a brain tumor in the frontal lobe. And when I spoke to him on Friday, we're going to go see him this week. Actually, he lives just outside of Cambridge. We're going to go see him for 10, 15 minutes because that's all he can do right now. Because in two months, his natural abilities have begun to wane dramatically. But when I spoke to Mike, he said, Oliver, we are people of the kingdom. I'm going to live forever, not when I die, but I'm living forever now. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord now. I know the king. There's no fear in death. Jesus said, all authority has been given because death is swallowed up in victory. The king is overcome. And you can know that. And if you don't know Jesus this morning, I want to invite you to come through the door, who is Christ, to become a citizen of a kingdom that will never pass away. And if you want to do that, I'm going to pray in a minute. And you can do that. And then you can drop a note or speak to Anne and Arvel or to somebody in the church. And they will help you. And they will give you some guidance as to how you can begin to live in the journey of discipleship, not just, oh, well, how can I understand a few things in the Bible to make people to know how can you can begin to live 
in the expression of the kingdom in a way that will transform the people around you as, a, as you become an ambassador of his. I suggest we're speaking predominantly to Christians this morning, but I want to say to you, don't get weary or don't get tired or don't give up in doing what is right. Because actually the kingdom we're part of is not going to disappear. Everything might be shaken around us, but it's not going to disappear. Somebody once said this to me. He said, you know what? I've learned a lesson a long time ago. Many times I tremble on the rock, but the rock on which I stand never trembles underneath me. The kingdom is unshakable. And if you need encouraging this morning just to persevere, well, I can't say anything more encouraging to you than say, Lord God, let your kingdom come in a more tangible way in my life that I'll recognize that the kingdom that I live for already is the benefit of eternity received on earth by the grace of God. And God will keep you and God will sustain you and God will make you a witness to the power of God in you. So if you don't know Jesus, come through the door. He's, he's the, the entrance to the kingdom and he wants to help you. And if you are in the kingdom, but you somehow feel that everything is shaking around you, be of good cheer. These things will happen. And then, having preached the gospel to the ends of the earth, having made the kingdom aware, Jesus will return. And then the king is coming, guys. And guess what? I don't know when we see each other again, but wouldn't it be great? The next time we have a Zoom meeting, it's a Zoom from heaven, from earth to heaven. We're just Zooming up to see the king. Wouldn't that be amazing? Let's pray.